All right. Okay. Well, we'll get started then. Uh, welcome everybody to Tech Chat Tuesdays uh, for Tuesday. As I bring my clock down, October thirteenth, twenty twenty. I'm Ken Rimple, and with me today I have Jack Lazarchak. Uh He is going? a consultant at Chariot Solutions, and we are here to talk with him about all things that are behind him in his view. Move out of the way for a second, Jack. Look at those keyboards. We're talking mechanical. Put it together yourself keyboards today. That's our big topic. But before we talk about that, I want to go through some news articles or, or events at least that we have coming up. So first of all, I know I've talked about this for a couple of weeks, but next week is the big week. Java at 25. And let me just share my screen here. Uh, Java at 25. We have a retrospective uh, of what we've done at Chariot for uh, the past well, we're, I think, 14 or 15 years old now. Uh, so we've worked with it. Uh, and also before that, our consultants have worked with Java a lot as well. So Java's always been part of Chariot. And so what we're doing here is we're first starting by sitting down with our CTO, Aaron Mulder, and myself. And Tracy Wilson-Rossman is running a, a question and answer session. We're going to talk about... Uh, you know, how we had now in our second decade of working with Java. And for many of us, it's been almost 25 years of working with Java. Uh, so we'll be talking about that at first, talking about how we started, why we selected Java in the first place for our projects, and what kinds of technologies we've gone through over the years, and why Java is still important to us. Um, we also will talk about the Java community itself, you know, open source, uh, some of the things that have worked or haven't worked, that kind of thing. So that's the first about 45 minutes of the program. And this is all free, brought to you by the Chariot Solutions uh, consulting team and Philly Jug. Uh, and we have a very special guest, Brian Getz. He is the Java language architect at Oracle. And he actually is a good friend of Chariot's. Uh, we've brought him on the Philly Emerging Technologies for the Enterprise Conference. I think it's twice, maybe three times. I can't remember. But not only has he been a keynote speaker for us, I think it was 2017, but he also has just come to be a, a regular speaker and mingle with the crowd because he likes the sizes of the conference uh, and how we communicate with each other and how it's not a really heavily vendor-sponsored uh, conference. It's very developer-centric. So he's going to be speaking about where Java is headed and what he's working on in the Java language as much as he can share with us and just in general his thoughts on how Java has been going and what, what the overall principles of it are. We'll bring up topics, you know, the various uh, JDK projects that are out there, for example. We'll look at uh, language enhancements that are coming soon, uh, any other new features and other topics that might come up. And then after that, we're going to have happy hour. We are giving everyone uh, discounts for uh Java-related drinks, since it's Java. Uh, first of all, Log Cologne uh, is a Philadelphia-based coffee company. You can ship coffee from there. Very good stuff. Uh, so we'll have discounts for that, for the happy hour, for you to drink coffee. Uh, or if your tastes are more in the uh, beer uh, area, we've got Workhorse Brewing. They have a vanilla coffee porter, which I am looking to get my hands on. Uh, so we'll send up discount codes about two weeks, actually probably now, prior to the event. Uh, you can order it, get it in your hands, and enjoy some Java-based drinks during the event. So to sign up, we'll put that in the, the notes, but it's java-at-25.heysummit.com. I also have a shortcut for it at Chariot Solutions. Wow. I learned to type just now. Uh, Java at 25. That's the other shortcut that works. ChariotSolutions.com slash java-at-25. And that will take you to the same thing. Uh, and you can go register. Again, free event. Please join us. We already have a lot of people signed up, but since it's an online thing, we're not really that limited in how many people we can have. We'd love to hear you and see you. And please join our happy hour. The next thing on Chariot's blog is a, a 15 minutes with series uh, entry. So Tom Purcell uh, was interviewing uh, was interviewed by Pete Fleming, who was our head of product and UX design. So Tom Purcell, just like Jack, is another uh, talented consultant at Chariot, uh, and he is there to talk on this 15 minutes with uh, about how developers and designers work together and how it's better when developers and designers collaborate as opposed to kind of throwing things over the fence and hoping for the best with a, a hacked together style sheet. So that's a really good thing to check out. Uh, that is a video that you can enjoy here. Just a quick side note, if you go to youtube.com slash chariot solutions, uh, you'll see we have a whole bunch of content here. You can go to our playlists. 
our Tech Chat Tuesdays are all archived there. So every one of these goes up about a day later. And you may be watching it from there. So thank you uh, for joining us later. And you can also from there just bookmark it and come back later. Or you can look for the podcast subscription to our Chariot TechCast, either in the Apple uh, iTunes uh, you know, podcast store or uh, on Amazon or Spotify. But if you just Google uh, Chariot Solutions TechCast, you'll find that as a podcast for your podcatcher, of which Tech Chat Tuesdays and I believe 15 Minutes With, I may be wrong, are part of. We also have all of our Philly Emerging Technology for the Enterprise Conferences dating back to 2015, I think it is. Oh, even t earlier than that. Uh, all archived on YouTube. So you can go to this and you can see all the talks from all of our speakers. Uh, and, you know, we, we archive as much as we possibly can. So it's all free. We don't require you to register. That's our service to you in the community. Uh, and I think that's it. Oh, one more thing. So Tracy Wilson Rossman has posted another article at Forbes uh, under the Forbes Women section. Uh, so she has the COVID-19 outbreak can change changing consumer habits during the pandemic demand a digital shift. And that is also something, apparently I've been searching for amplifiers and guitars, but uh, <laughs> gee, do I have a hobby? Um, but anyway, so her, her topic there, uh, she just posted. So this is talking about how, uh, you know, the shift to online for everybody uh, means you really have to focus on a digital shift as well. Goodbye. And that's that. Okay. So let's get out of this stuff and bring our guest to the fore. Jack, it's a pleasure to have you here. Likewise, pleasure to be here, Ken. Jack, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, number one, I know um, you've been at Chariot, is it four years now? Three uh, years? It's, a, it's a little bit over three years now. Okay. So, you've been at Chariot for three. Let's talk about your pre-Chariot days first. Where did you come from? What was your yeah. background coming into this? Yeah. So, essentially, I uh, went to the University of Pittsburgh, met my then-girlfriend, now fiancé there. I worked for some startups in the Pittsburgh area uh, for a few years after I graduated. Wow. Uh, my fiance was in grad school. And then once that was uh, kind of over, she was like, hey, you know, she's originally from the Philadelphia area. So when that was over, she was kind of like, hey, I'm going to, you know, move back home. So I was like, yeah, all right, I can, you know, give Philly a try. And then from there, I uh, applied to Chariot. And, you know, it was actually the only place I applied to out there. And I kind of knew I wanted it. So you know, whenever I got offered the job, I was like, oh, this made <laughs> this made this move very easy. So great. I uh, Yeah. So, so you were, uh, you know, you would learn the Java stuff and spring stuff in right. prior organizations. Yeah, so you've so been doing was... a lot of, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. So you've been doing a lot of learning kind of on, on the side to catch up with things as you were first kind of throwing right, in yeah. your first couple jobs, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So, so you've been so, doing a lot of offside time learning, but then you kind of decided at some point. Yeah, so I could. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go I ahead. can go, I can go into it a little bit. It was a, yeah. uh, it's, it's probably really what I should have covered whenever I went through that. No, no, uh, you're was, fine. Go ahead. I guess I, I guess I for a second kind of forgot to talk about programming as well. But uh, <laughs> you program? Yeah, so, Wait a minute, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So mainly, uh, you know, fresh out of college, whenever you know, a computer science degree obviously will help you understand how to code, but it's not always the most kind of practical education. So I felt like whenever I had got out and I'd started working for these startups, I'd known, you know, I knew Java very well, but it's the first time I was ever using the Spring Framework or Spring Boot or anything. So uh, I kind of took a lot of time on my own to, you know, learn more about it and, you know, kind of just accelerate the pace, I guess, at which I was learning it, which I feel I, I did a pretty good uh, job at, especially at the kind of first startup that I was there, you know, put a lot of time in at night and stuff, just making sure I understood that. And I was also using like Angular uh, JS at the time. And so I was also kind of, you know, learning some of that, trying to learn some AWS and cloud stuff, then sort of eventually, I felt like I was at least at a place where I didn't have to do that as much all the time. But I still just enjoyed learning about technology and learning things. And uh, there's actually a former coworker of ours, Jeff, who had a keyboard and then I was kind of playing around on his and I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. So I ended up buying one from WASD keyboards, which is a website you can go and just kind of customize your, you know, keyboard layout. I actually have it right up there. If you see it, it looks kind of like the casino thing. That's not the original keycaps I got on it. They mm -hmm. were, uh, very loud. The original ones were like loud in color. And in hindsight, it was just me being like, yeah, let me just throw all the crazy colors <laughs> I can at this and not, not think about it, which I mean, it was like, it was neat and I enjoyed it. Um, but that had sort of led me to look into 
more about mechanical keyboards and turns out there's this whole kind of community around it of people that build them and and do all these things and that was sort of what led me to start wanting to to build them i remember we all kind of coveted that keyboard when we had it out yeah. it was oh yeah really cool like different colors and stuff and it probably had the loudest clicks there were oh yeah <laughs> so, it was so, uh, yeah go ahead like go ahead what do you so that was your gateway in right you saw right, that you're like, yeah oh. yeah and uh it's funny because jeff had actually warned me and told me that he had a friend who built mechanical keyboards and he was like yeah he doesn't really think you should get into this because i mean it's <laughs> and it's not that it's anything too bad it's just that it's uh people i guess that here's the way i would describe it is that you know mechanical keyboards that's sort of a, a niche community right that's a, a thing that and, and this is, I guess, sort of a big point I'd like to make is that it's like, why should you care, I guess, about mechanical keyboards? And I don't necessarily even think you should. Like, if you're, you know, if you're fine with the keyboard that you already have, I mean, today's Prime Day and I looked on Amazon and you can get um, a cheaper mechanical keyboard or just a normal kind of standard run-of-the-mill keyboard for like 15 bucks or less than that, you know? Yep. Uh, and so, if and if you like those, there's really like no... I guess no reason to switch though. I would, I would kind of argue a little bit that I think the fun in it is sort of building something in a way that's, I don't want to say art, but it's like, you know, kind of something between an, an art and a science where kind of when you're done, it's, it's, it's neat and it's something that you kind of use. So I had started looking into building mechanical keyboards of which there is a, you know, there's a, a lot of different ways you can go about building mm -hmm. A mechanical keyboard uh you can actually on, on one side of the spectrum you don't have to solder at all so they sell like hot swap pcbs now and in the hot swap pcbs that actually allows you to uh switch out your switches at will kind of you like don't a have snap in grid is that what it basically is yeah right it's it's pretty much well, like a let me back you up because i want to start talking about okay. the first one so let's let's talk chronologically go grab that keyboard i will i will yeah, let's let's start there. So this and is I know what Jack this... did when he first started. Show us. Yeah. So this is called hand wiring a keyboard, and I know this goes out to the audio thing as well. So uh, yeah. I'll try. I'll try to be descriptive, but it's pretty much there's no actual circuit board. So this would be the case where if you want to build a keyboard that does not have a layout that already exists for it, that would be the most kind of common use case. Uh, Actually, for the keyboard I ended up building, there are a few PCBs out there, but I was sort of already uh, down the road of wanting to learn how to hand wire it. I'd seen this on a post on GeekHack, which if you're like super into mechanical keyboards, you definitely yeah, know that website. There's people post up stuff on there about, I mean, stuff, how to build keyboards to they'll do like even group buys where people will design some part of a keyboard and then they'll have a limited press of that thing. And kind of run it, Ooh, uh, run it. And there's some, site. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's, I mean, there's some really, really cool stuff people sell in there. It also gets very expensive uh, <laughs> when you want to start buying. And it's, it's actually that was one of the interesting things I learned is that so like the case itself, that's one of the most kind of the sky's the limit on what you could spend on a key on on building a custom keyboard case. Um, so this one right here, like, is and I guess. I guess I should probably kind of explain some of what I'm talking about. Uh, so the the PCB or the circuit board is just the, you know, logical. I, I feel like anyone who's listening probably know what a PCB is. I yeah, don't, they have not. Surprised. Okay, no, no, that's, that's yeah. honestly great. Like I wasn't, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to dock anyone's knowledge or anything here. That's the I, That's the entry of, point. If you don't know USB, uh, B, uh, see, if you know your PCBs, that's it. <laughs> yeah, see, that's not even an entry point. If you if you don't, hey, you know, I think that's the you know, and the thing I guess I kind of want to mention quick too is that I I don't uh, I I could say something wrong here, you know, like I I I don't even oh. I guess look at myself as a you know, and I and I know obviously that would be fine, but a point sure. to anybody watching listening is that uh, you know, I you you don't really need to know everything about it to build this or to get into this, and it's it's okay I guess to kind of just you know take what you want from it and and build that or whatever. But for, so for this, there's the main parts of a keyboard are like the, the keycaps. So that's the actual plastic that goes over top of the switch. There is, I'll pull off a switch. There's the, I'm sorry, I'll pull off the keycap. Underneath of the keycap <laughs> is the switch, yeah, which is actually what, what does the kind of, so this is like a cherry MX Brown switch 
Oh, hold on. Wait, it, I'm uh, trying to. I'm going to switch you over here. Hold on. Oh, okay. Uh, there we go. Now you now you go. got the full screen. Go ahead. Yeah. So that's it. That's a Cherry MX Brown switch. So uh, it's a type of switch. There's the the yeah. Cherry MX ha- is like a switch manufacturer with different types of switches. Right. So so in Cherry MX is actually the the design of that. Okay. Switch is it's no longer I, I and I don't remember exactly. It's something where the patent expired on it. So now any company can make uh, switches in the style of like Cherry MX, which is why if you get into mechanical keyboards, you'll see that the overwhelming majority of switches available are, are going to kind of be, uh, you know, more Cherry, more MX Cherry based than say like uh, Mateus, Matthias. There's there's other there's other switches out there that you can get, but generally speaking, you're going to find less keycaps available for them and. Right. Might be a little bit more expensive for stuff, but I'll, so I'll, in other I'll, words, so in other words just kind of pull you back a little bit. So in other words, if you went down the road of like designing your keyboard and using the Cherry MX standard, so to speak, right. or right. accepted social standard that they all came up with, whatever, because yeah. the patent's out, but there's a lot of companies doing it, you can find keycaps that fit the switch. Correct. Yeah. A lot okay. of keycaps available. Yeah. So this looks like a good one. The keyboard company has a nice blog article just as we're going through here as a reference for the different types of switches that are out there. So maybe that'll help a little bit. Yeah. Um, like the brown, the, the the red, the yellow, the black, or I don't know if there is a yellow, but I made that up myself. No, I think there's there. And there not be. to mention like all these different companies have different colors of them. So like my personal uh, favorite now are like Zelios, uh, which is, and like a, it's like a 60, 67 grams of force out of, they have four different ones of it. It's purple. Um, and I actually took, so this is the keyboard that I, I've been kind of using for work. I took apart each switch and then like lubed up the inside of them. Uh, I kind of wow. read online that, yeah, I know. I kind of read on various forums and such that this was sort of, uh, just a like better typing experience. Yeah. Is yeah, it, for is- sure. Was it more of like getting the, getting the clicking to calm down, or was was it more of a it just lasts longer or feels better as you're tapping? I would the say kind of thing. I would say I would say it feels better. So the mm-hmm. and I I could kind of get into the specifics of what yeah Zelios like specifically did, but it might be a, they essentially so Gatteron is another switch maker, and they essentially looks they they buy up their like external housing of that switch and then they kind of replace the spring and then they replace like the actual thing that the keycap sits on the stem i think it's called uh and they kind of made it fit in there a little bit better i guess is is the is the kind of best way to describe it but it's a lot more of a tactile feel i would say that's so that's i i personally like the tactile switches the clicky ones would get me uh you know murdered in an office or even here when my you know <laughs> Whenever my uh, yeah. fiance would hear me in here on, if I had like <laughs> cherry blues, for example, I mean, those are understandably the, you know, they're very, very loud. And then there's also the linear switches, which don't have any tactile bump and they don't have any audible click whatsoever, which uh, like I said, I'm not personally a fan of, but I know it's on of people who love them and, and use those. Now, as you're starting to experiment, I remember you did a, a talk for us a while back Yeah, where you, I don't know if you have it laying around, but there was a, a little sampler that you made or got that had the different oh, yes. types of switches on. I don't know if you have that laying around or not. I but. do, actually. It's, like, right here. You ordered that, right, from a company? I did. I did order this. Because it's almost, I guess, I was going to build one, and I didn't want to go in not knowing kind of the different ways. But so, yeah, this is a – I'm not used to the reversed camera. Let's see. There you go. So, yeah, That's like, it. this is a Cherry Clear, which is what's on that. It's a – so, like, if you're looking at switches, there's going to be – a couple of main things you're looking at to kind of know what it's about. There's the, so is it tactile? Is it, you know, tactile, linear, or clicky? And mm-hmm. I'm sure there's other words for that, but I think that that pretty much sums it up. And then from there, it's like the, the force in which you actually have to press down on it to get it to activate it. Uh, and I had always thought that I wouldn't like the heavier ones, but the one I have now is, 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 is pretty heavy. And I actually, I actually enjoy it quite a bit. So, so yeah, like a Cherry MX Brown is the tactile. The Cherry MX Red is like the the base, the lightest level linear, and then the clicky would be the blue. That's the Cherry MX Blue. That's that's that one. So do a lot of the switch manufacturers have these like sample things you can order just to take a look at them? Yeah, and then I mean, there's even ones that you can order that will get you know ones from a ton of different manufacturers. So like mm-hmm. on it used to be called Mass Drop, but now it's called Drop.com. 
Okay. Um, that's like you do group buys and stuff like that on there. They'll usually have some kind of like massive keycap tester, which I mean, I've sort of wanted to get one of those, but then at the same time, it's, you know, I've. <laughs> yeah. That could be another rabbit hole. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, oh for switches. sure. Order right. more. Yeah. yeah. You ever hear the term gas, by the way? No, it's my favorite thing. Cause I get into these hobbies of things I'm really into. Yeah. Like you saw the amps scrolling by. I'm like, Oh, I need a good tube <laughs> amp. And then I got a good tube amp. But then I, I know you're a musician too. So, yeah, yeah. um, so it's like, get, it's called gear acquisition syndrome. Oh, <laughs> and I want to just I, let I, you know, sure you're I've not alone, that, but oh. Oh, it's hilarious. So, so oh, in photography, so I, I feel that. Yeah. So, so I'm going to throw this out there cause Becca will have a good laugh too. our producer. Um, in photography, there's a whole, problem with gear acquisition center it's not even a problem but it's just it's it's a disease you fall into yeah and uh there's a special like group of photographers that have i can't find it right now that have rangefinder uh, f- uh cameras that like if they don't have an slr long lens it's all these small things and they get ridiculously expensive like uh, like a cameras and stuff like that so what i pasted in there is like you, you think this is a bad situation <laughs> you can see like crazy people buy Cameras for ten thousand dollars. I'm like, who are you people? Oh wow, it, it gets nuts. But, but hey. you know, it, but a camera is a box with a, with a lens that you let light through, so it could be as simple as a box camera with a pinhole. So yeah, sky's the limit on any of this stuff. But it I really completely, is. I completely understand. You start crafting, like you seem to me, yeah. Jack, like you're a craftsman. You you become a craftsman about things that a you little, get obsessed a little bit. With. Yeah, actually, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you started with the soldering, right? You started with the, with the yes. matrix that you wired up yourself, and then you yeah. put a chip in there to decode it or what have you. Right. But but then the next the next keyboard you built or the next movement that you went down for keyboard building, what, what, what how do you go from there? So pretty once I had kind of finished up the the hand wiring thing and that it worked, and I'd actually I was actually so excited to see that it worked. That was kind of one of the things I wanted to mention was I I did this as a as a first soldering project. I'd never. I, I literally had to buy a soldering iron to do this, but I, I'd always kind of wanted to get into more, a little bit more of the hardware stuff or, you know, I, I don't really know, I guess, understand how to build tech stuff in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- I, I just was pretty amazed at how there was so many times whenever I was building this that I was like, I'm going to get to the end and none of this is going to work. And I mean, you, you kind of test it as you go along with your multimeter or, or what have you, but uh, nonetheless, I just didn't really think that I was going to, it was just, you know, I, I don't. I was burning stuff as I was going through, but at the end, it, it all still worked. So I, I kind of think that was my important takeaway from that was that uh, soldering and sort of building this kind of stuff is 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 more resilient than I gave it credit for. And also, I don't use this keyboard all the time, so maybe if I did, I wouldn't you know feel that way. Maybe I would be like, oh, I've had to resolder five of these joints. But you know, but to uh, your so point, the, when you built that, it did work. And did you use it at work for a while? I thought you brought it in for a while. I did. Yeah, yeah. No, I did. I did use it at work for a while, especially early on there. Whenever I was, uh, I actually think I used it until I built this this next one here that I'll, I think I'll kind you of did. show off. I remember seeing yeah. it in your office. Yeah. So actually, yeah, 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 you're right. I did. I did use it See? for a little while there. Yeah. You so used that- what you built. That's better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I built, I'm like, no. <laughs> Let me go buy something else. Yeah. Yeah, and so then what I had uh, built after that was I had at some point there gotten a 3D printer, you know, to uh, to not only try out kind of keyboard stuff, but sort of different tech things in uh, in general. You know, I have a lot of various Arduinos and things mm-hmm. here that I, you know, either want to turn into something or just kind of wanted to to play around with and, and kind of check out. So. Uh, and plus 3D printers are in themselves kind of fun, but yeah. I was able to 3D print this. It's a split keyboard, so you have to connect it by... Uh, on, let's put you full screen there. Okay. All right. I think I have to... Yeah, solo you. There we go. There we go. So Bring if that you, bad boy up there. I'm not, I'm not used to the reverse camera. <laughs> there we go. So you, you connect them right there by that audio jack kind of, and then... Oh, okay. So there's uh, so, an auto jack between the two of them. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, then the case itself is 3D printed. The keycaps are not. You can 3D print keycaps, but oh. I, it, at least like in my, you know, I, I have an Ender 3, which is a, a fairly cheap 3D printer that you can get, you know, wherever off Amazon or pretty much anywhere 3D printers are sold. And it and it's fine for like, you know, and I mean this, I sanded and spray painted and, mm-hmm. and hit with really the soldering good. iron right there. And I, yeah, I mean, you can kind of see, I'm, I'm a, you know, 
I'm not a, I'm not a great spray painter, oh, especially, please. Yeah, especially in an, in an apartment. I get a little like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm like out on my balcony spray painting something and I'm just like, okay, this, He's is, this looks good enough. Again. What's he doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he must be crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you did that. And then, so, uh, so that yeah, one, then, the matrix, right? You have like a matrix layout on that thing or. Yeah. So that's actually what, and this is uh, sort of like every piece of a, a mechanical keyboard has its own kind of rabbit holes that you can go down. And so like the, yeah, I know the, uh, the keyboard, the, I'm sorry, the keycaps actually end up being a lot more important than you, like almost in my opinion, if you're going to build a keyboard, it, no matter what layout you come up with, you know, you can hand wire it and you can order a, a custom cutout plate to mount those on. Like that's all fine. But uh, custom keycaps are, you know, like I'm not, that, that would be very hard to do. And the reason is, is actually because of uh, like keycap profiles. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you look at some of these that I built, and this is because these are actually going to be like cheaper keycaps, I would say, you'll notice that like the, it's all flat, right? Like they all have right. the same kind of profile. So you're going to find something like that for cheaper than you would find something like this set of keycaps right here. Where, oh, uh oh. There we go. Yeah. And so like you can oh, see how scalloped. these have. Yeah. Right. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, you can kind of see how those, you know, so anytime you have uh, kind of keycaps where each row is going to be differently shaped, that's it's, it's more kind of preferable for your fingers. That's sort of how you get it to like curve up more towards your fingers and stuff, but it's definitely going to kind of be uh, more expensive. So and I'm going to so tell then, you a quick story on that. So yeah. me being 785 years old, Hobbit years. Um, <laughs> so when I was a teen, a young teen kid, there were no computers for us to use. There were, they were IBM Selectric typewriters and correction fluid. Ooh. And so the, the gray and the missing hair will give you the clue. <laughs> but the thing is, I loved typing on a Selectric keyboard. And the tactile yeah. thing was a giant piston through the key onto the paper and you heard Trim. oh really oh it was beautiful oh it was wow beautiful. that must have i was Except, gonna say that must have felt so nice it felt so cool it's like you know andromeda stream the movie where they had the like tell type going you know with like we're all gonna die we're all gonna die yeah so it's like typing like that so you're busy typing but you feel every single impact on the paper yeah and this the keys were organized in such a way they were these beautiful hard plastic keys that were really like uh shiny and a little bit smooth so that it just felt perfect so you put your fingers on a keyboard all day as a software engineer you might as well right, pick yeah. something you're going to absolutely enjoy using right yeah exactly and i i kind of think that's what sort of made me uh like love this or you know as, as much as i as i kind of do is it made me i don't know yeah it did kind of make me realize like i'm gonna i, I already spend a ton of time using a keyboard and i'm only going to spend you know more time <laughs> In, in this in this lifetime on a keyboard so why not yep. kind of make it something that i enjoy and that so people actually i'm just gonna throw this in here just for fun i'm just going on ebay people will actually pay for an ibm original pc oh, yeah. keyboard because they they did them based on this electric typewriter so this is my long email i probably probably put a whole bunch of my personal codes in my ebay search here but um uh let me see if i can share this here real quick give you an idea of, of the stuff people do I wonder is that the I wonder if that's like the buckling spring switch it mechanism. It probably is. It's it's move. very loud but it does feel quite nice. Yeah, if you're working at home, if you're okay, here's here's our our little statement here. If you're a writer working at home and you're a journalist and you love a real keyboard feel, my gosh, this is cool too. You know, you can find these keyboards that are original PS2 keyboards from November 91 that have a conversion to USB. And that'll give you a little bit of a sense of like a high quality keyboard because these things were made to to live outlive a Sherman tank. Oh, you know, yeah, 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 for sure. They don't sell them like this anymore, and if they do, they sell them a lot more expensive like this. I'm yeah. sure, but you can still buy a used keyboard for three hundred bucks because they made millions and millions of them. But that's just a little side note there. So, so um, let me turn off my screen here. So the uh, the main thing, right, is that you then went into the split keyboard. You tried different keycaps. You tried yeah. the kind of you did you custom order both sides of that where you went to a website and you custom did a split keyboard and they sent you the grid so actually i found a and i think it was on a website called keeb.io uh where 
they had PCBs first. So there's actually some open source kind of keyboard designs out there. Mm-hmm. And for all those open source designs, you can find, uh, you know, parts fairly inexpensive for them. And so like this, for example, I found the PCBs mm-hmm. and then I was like, Oh, okay. Like in that's, it was small enough that I could actually, like, I don't have a huge print volume on my, uh, on my 3d printer. And so this was like the perfect thing actually to 3d print for me because I could 3d print each half separately and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like together and this thing. And, uh, so that was sort of what had led me to, to doing this one was actually that it was something that I, I, I could 3d print the case for. So if you're going to do something uh, like that, I know, I know. So it's, it's one of these things where I completely understand the research going into this and then the paying, paying the money needed to really get good at something like this is if you looked at it as purely a business transaction, like, wait, I spent 800 bucks to build a $150 keyboard, (laughs) right? Right. but you built it and you built it to your exact specifications. So like it's with me with like, how many pedals do I go through to find the right sound for my guitar? It's like, oh, well, um, but, but the thing is, it's the same kind of thing. You're researching and kind of honing your craft by experimenting and doing, um, so, and, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was actually, cause you'd mentioned, uh, kind of the cost. It's something that I, I feel like I get asked about a lot is that people comparing it, people will compare it to like building a computer. Yeah. Uh, whereas like, you know, building a computer, it's going to, in the end be less expensive than if you just outright bought it. Like it is, that's the opposite of the case for keyboards. I know. And I, and it's, I, I really guess it's just because that, uh, you can't, uh, you know, like, when you're buying individual parts, it's more like a keyboard itself becomes inexpensive because of uh, just they're making so many of them. Exactly. You know, I'd even talked to certain like just machine shops and CNC shops. Like it's, it's, you know, my, my dad works with uh, that that kind of stuff all the time. And so I was like, Hey, maybe, you know, I could find an easier way to do this, but uh, pretty much not, not a lot of places were interested if I wasn't making like a ton of them. Like, yeah. Like, if you don't no, make enough not. for them to be at volume, it doesn't make right. sense for them to do it. For exactly. You. Yeah. So that's interesting. Like the thing you think about nowadays with these keyboards, um, and especially if you are doing coding every single day, all day, if you use like, for example, the, the, the second most recent MacBook pros that came out, the ones that aren't out now, yeah. where they kind of try to fix the, the mechanism and it's no longer this weird was it the butterfly mechanism they had that was the weird I one? I think so. Kind of yeah. I think I I think it's the one that I have on my on my. But like laptop. you know, you press down and it's like maybe a millimeter or two of travel. Yeah. Like funky. Like ow, this hurts. I you know. know. I'm like over I'm, time. I'm, I'm, yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say yeah. Like I personally like not not really a fan of that, but uh, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. To each their own. You know. I mean. Right. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you get the depth of travel. You your your fingers right. may not be so fatigued. You can find the right like pressure for your for your keying. So it's yeah. kind of like you know, it's kind of like when people buy ergonomic chairs. This is ergonomic fingertip work. That's really what you're doing. Right. So I, I I don't see this really as a hobby. That is, it's it's not necessarily in adverse to anything else you're researching. It's actually for a good cause for you because you're going to be using a good keyboard right. that you built that's comfortable for you that hopefully won't, you know, contribute to any kind of carpal tunnel or pain. Yeah. Um, I, do, I do have experts. a little bit of that. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll help. You know, <laughs> because not I, just... I actually, and I'm not sure if like, if my further travel distance is better or worse for my, mm-hmm. you know, wrists or whatever. Uh, it's something that I had been, so like this was the first one I built where, in the keyboard community, it's called an ortholinear layout. And mm-hmm. so the idea is that, so most keyboards you're going to get are staggered like this. You know, I yep. can't say that necessarily, I, I, you know, I don't know if the linear layouts are better or worse for your hands. I, I don't, I, if it's just a matter of personal preference, I've come to really like the, you know, so this is called a plank mm-hmm. to where you can kind of see it's like, so, and I'll, I'll try to be descriptive for, for podcast reasons is it literally right, just looks like, yeah, I know. Same. It, <laughs> who's, it who's literally just looks like, like his uh, <laughs> it just looks like a grid of keys. Like, so it's all mm-hmm. keys that are just kind of one by one, except in that case for the space bar, that one is a, sure. it's like a two by one or whatever, but uh, it's a, it's a really small kind of gridded layout. So your keys are not staggered. They're, you know, in straight columns in this particular, this plank has, uh, and, and planks in general, I mean, only have four rows. They have prionics, which are the same thing with the number row. But what I kind of have grown to like about this, and I actually didn't think that I would like this whenever I had first kind of started looking into keyboards. I'd saw a lot of people with these smaller keyboards, but I never really have to move my hands. So like mm. there's the, you know, I, I had to like map out the layers of the 
kind of so there's raise and lower so if you yeah so yeah, if you yeah. hit raise or lower and i can't remember i think lower or i'm sorry i think raise takes you to numbers and then lower mm -hmm. will take you to the kind of symbols and it'll it'll transform the layer and it's it's certainly a little bit confusing at first but once you kind of get used to it i i, I just like not having to really move my hands and then i have another one that i built here that has no this was this is actually what i my this is my daily driver for the time being this is you saying, I know the touch typing exactly, and I am a genius. <laughs> I don't always. I, I do not always. Do you hunt and peck? Where's the dollar sign? Where's the dollar sign? There's, yeah, that's the thing. Is with like uh, with a lot of the symbols, there's times where I'm just sitting there like backspace. Now, I know it's around. I know it's in this general vicinity. I was, okay, I don't feel so you hit bad like now. a shortcut. Oh, yeah. And then sometimes yeah. I'll hit a shortcut. Like if I bring up my, if I like start, if I hit accidentally play on my music on my computer one more time i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna scream but <laughs> all right so let's see so so let's let's dive a little bit more now into the crafting of it so yeah. you went to the 3d printer you're starting yeah. the 3d print cases how do you like so what was what were some of the things you had to learn how to do to get your prints to work perfectly to snap into things there's got to be a lot there right Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, in terms of 3D printing, there's quite a bit and it can get uh, frustrating to say the least at times, <laughs> but it's uh, for this. I mean, it was really, I, I was just kind of dialing in my 3D printer. I've made like a ton of upgrades to my 3D printer as well. Like, I thought that it was way too loud. So I like, I wanted to install new stepper motor drivers, but mm -hmm. then to install new stepper motor drivers, you need to install like a whole new motherboard essentially for your 3D printer. And did, then, did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I actually See, did. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> I did. I completely understand where this is going. Go ahead. Yeah. But that, and but then like, I guess this is kind of, you know, sort, sort of my point is that I guess I feel like my, I, I, I hand-wired a keyboard. I was like, I hand-wired a keyboard. I could swap out. Like I could, I, if I got to solder some stuff, that's okay. You know, I can, I can figure it out. And uh, so now it's like silent. I, I don't know if it's necessarily better. I still think there's some settings I don't fully grasp on my 3d printer. Like, I don't know. Every so many layers is still weird. I, you mm -hmm. know, I don't know. Leveling it. That's a. Whew. Oh, physically there's leveling where it. the rendering yeah. surface is, the drawing surface. Yeah. Yeah. So like you actually have to sit there and like eye it out and oh, wait yeah. for it to start printing and then kind of make sure that it's, you know, set correctly and all that. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I didn't 3d design any of the stuff that I, this was all kind of open source stuff I found on Thingiverse or, or oh, what cool. have you. You know, yeah. So it's just kind of various websites where you can uh, find stuff and then print it out. Okay. But then I have there. There are things that I've been working on um, to where you know. So sort of my I guess where I where I go from here in my keyboard in my keyboardness is I'd like to kind of build one uh, like you know I don't know fully maximal like I spare no expense I because I already I already I have a set of keycaps that I like absolutely love mm -hmm. and that I've just been like waiting to find a keyboard to put them on but I was like this will be my I'll make this my final my final foray for my your Jurassic my Park self. as it were right, right? You're, and you're I've Jurassic always wanted Park. to yeah and I've uh I've always wanted to learn how to actually design a PCB and then and you can get those actually you know printed out fairly inexpensively once you have that but that's something i don't know really much about doing i know there are some tutorials out there but i, I think that would sort of be a part of my you know oh yeah. final my final thing is is learning how to build a, a pcb and then i mean from there you can really see how how valuable this whole kind of like journey was i mean any sort of tech product that you would want to design whether it's some iot thing or or what have you you know you're gonna need to like consider the you know, like the 3D, the 3D space that it occupies in, in the case. And, you know, you also have to think about the actual circuit behind it all and, and all that stuff. So it's, it's sort of a nice way to uh, learn this type of stuff where you actually come out with something useful. So that's my, my, my final, my final thing I want to do is that. And then also uh, another consultant at Chariot Solutions gave me this Joe Berger. It's an old, uh, oh, what is that? It's an old, it's an old kinesis. Wait, so wait, put that back up again. Wait, here we go. Go ahead. And I have kinesis. the kinesis. Oh, okay. The, that's uh, the mic. Is that the Microsoft thing? Or it's, is uh, this some I, don't, I don't think it's my kinesis. It's its own company, I believe. But, okay. Yeah. And I'm not sure where Joe got it from. It may be, it may have been somewhere Microsoft related. You know, I'm not, I'm not too sure. But so this is, they actually still sell this keyboard. I know that they've made some updates to like the actual design. And like, I have this somewhat taken apart now. So you can kind of see. Ooh. Uh, yeah, but what I, th I what I think would, is fun about this is like, 
it's uh i don't know i, I kind of want to re redo this i want to take out the switches and put in you know the switches that i like and then uh this also has that ps2 connector like how you were showing on the old ibm right and i'd like to maybe learn how to you know just get that to go to some kind of USB-C or, or so you're a you know, Jawa basically from Star Wars is what we're saying. You take scrap, <laughs> you take it apart, and then you turn yeah. it into some really cool keyboard. But while you're doing it, I'm assuming you're like you're harvesting parts now, or harvesting the board and everything, and trying right. to figure out what can I do when you build keyboards. I wanted to bring this up kind of as one of our last things because um, I think we covered everything else. But you do have to ultimately put something together to decode your keys because basically it's a matrix of voltages, right? Oh, yes, yes, so yes. So let's talk yes. about that. So you, it's, you're using so, Arduino Teensies, is that right, or, or Teensy so, boards? Yeah, it's a, it's Teensies. I don't know if it's – Oh, that's the software. I don't think they're made by Arduino. Yeah, right. But right. it's – uh, so yeah, Teensy, I think for my hand-wired one, it was the Teensy 2.0, not the Plus Plus. The Plus Plus is, is larger than that, but uh, – so the the kind of general idea behind any keyboard and uh this was this was what i liked about hand wiring the keyboard was that it really showed me and i'll show this here is uh so like that if you look at a teensy 2.0 mm -hmm. you'll notice that there are less pins you know there are less pins in there than there would be uh keys that you're going to have like you're not you're never going to have enough so the way that you okay. kind of solve that is you map it out by the rows and the columns so each key that you press is actually a unique uh like it completes the electrical circuit of a column in a row and then and there's a okay. diode in there so you know the direction that it's you know it's going to go from uh whatever row to column it's going to that's going to say okay that's how we know what key this is and so uh, the easiest way to do that is there's an open source uh, package called QMK. Uh, so it's mm -hmm. open source firmware for keyboards. And uh, I actually think you can use it for other peripherals. I was seeing online the other day, some people were using uh, that as uh, like they were building a mouse, for example, and they had used QMK uh, for that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not super sure of the internals, but you, I mean, you could use it uh completely without ever touching code or necessarily even installing things if you google like qmk configurator yeah, uh I have it on here. Let me you, bring it up real quick. oh okay perfect right yeah there? yep okay. and so like if you are let's say that you're like flashing a keyboard that already that you have the pcb for so you could sometimes come on here and flash it with that but if you hand wire a keyboard i don't know if it's this website or if it's another one but all you have to do is really map out your columns and your rows and let it know like hey at this column in this row it's my a key it's my b key it's my you know whatever and then mm -hmm. that's going to output for you uh just a file that you flash right on to the microcontroller and it's it's pretty much good to go like the you know the first time I did it with my hand-wired keyboard and I was like, I don't know if this will work. And then I looked up and it was like, you know, Mac OS detected a new keyboard. And I was like, yes, 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 I did it. Yes. Press your button. And you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked, right? Everything, everything. Came it, did, it did. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Freaking I cool. didn't expect it to at all. And, but so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really like you just map out what's in each one. I have, I have for certain one of my keyboards had to kind of get down in there and, and there you go. Not, not necessarily even get into the code. I mean, really, if you wanted to That's understand cool. it, you could just kind of use the, the JSON output. And so like right. a really big tool, if you want to build your own keyboard, is a website called keyboardlayouteditor.com. I think it may be. Yeah, I would just Google it. Keyboard layout editor. While we're doing this, this will, here. There you this go. Will, uh, yeah. Ooh. And so then like you can just design your own keyboard however you want. And this will actually give you JSON output for mm -hmm. whatever your keyboard layout is and this will let you yeah. i'm sorry the drop downs are great <laughs> oh yeah that's fair that's the uh there yeah. it's the big boop, enter key that's cool yeah. okay right so you can sit there and lay the whole thing out if you want to yeah there's, or you could, there's, pre there's yeah there's yeah, there presets right there too you'll find a lot of the kind of standard layouts here and some of the not so standards yes yeah, so that's full size layout nice. there Full full size layouts have the the numeric keypad on the right side. Seventy percent right. or ten keyless, you might see it abbreviated as uh, TKL. Has right. is they don't this have exactly the number pad, yeah. right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. And so then you could download this thing and flash it to the to the thing, and as long as you build well, to the spec of that, right? So this this actually isn't really for QMK. This is more for okay. um, which you you actually you might be able to. There might be a, a spot for for you to do that somewhere in there. Actually, I need to kind of look into that, but mm -hmm. uh, you can take your layout. So this is what I did for mine is there was 
at the time, and last time I checked on this, actually, the website was down, and I, I deeply, deeply hope that it returns. Uh, it's like <laughs> builder.swillkb.com, I think it is. And SwillKB is uh, someone on the kind of like geek hack uh, forums and stuff who's just kind of, you know, well-known in the it's in back. the QMK. Oh, it is? It's alive! Hold on, let me see. Oh, that's right great. Here. Hold on one second here. See if we can get on there. And so from there, and I know there's some other websites now. Oh, oh it is back. It is back. It's alive. Oh, that's fantastic. That is so yeah. great. So, yeah, Why can, do you like this? You, Talk about this. So yeah, you Whoops. can paste your, you can paste the JSON layout from mm -hmm. keyboard layout editor here. Oh. And then you can kind of set some of the different, like, you know, uh, there's, there's, yeah, you know, there's various different settings. I'm just going to try it just for fun. Set here. Yeah. Doink. And, and we'll so, see. for example, like this this keyboard that I built right here, I, I did this on here, and I had said that it was like a sandwich case is what it's called because you mm -hmm. can see it's layers of like acrylic and wood. This is stuff I just ordered off Pinoco. But that uh -huh. builder website, what that'll do is it will give you like the SVGs, and it'll give it to you in a few other formats, like DXF and some other kind of CAD style format to where uh, you can print out. So like the, if you see them, the kind of metal that I mounted all of the switches onto there, it'll give you mm -hmm. the layout for that. That, as well as like if you specify that you want a sandwich case it'll give you the layout for like your top layers of the case so that in this case would be like the wood right uh and then there's like the bottom layers that has my which you know not, so then you you, you know send was, that, i was hoping that was a little more flush up against there but that's okay so then you send that off to like vendors and they'll actually laser cut yeah. it or whatever oh, right that's so there's so like cool. laser boost or like i used laser gist at the time mm -hmm. um and the a, a big thing kind of about building mechanical keyboards uh so you know obviously I've, I've i've given the like it's it's expensive at this time kind of warning uh yeah. maybe if more people were into it it wouldn't be but who knows if that would ever or, or not happen uh but another thing is that a lot of times you actually are going to have to like wait for stuff uh, yeah. a long time uh and i mean that's sometimes it's coming from like overseas and that's going to take a while sometimes it's like i said it's it's like a it's a doubly niche community in my mind so there's sure. if, if you do like the group buys like essentially what that is is that's some people being like hey like if you guys put up the money i'll i'll make a run of this but it's going to obviously be expensive and then it's going to you have to wait for it to happen and then a lot of times someone produces something and then a lot of people who do build keyboards want it and so then it'll either be like sold out for a while or it'll be on back order for a long time so uh, like from inset from idea inception to actual completion, I want to say that my hand wire keyboard took me like over a year to actually mm -hmm. to acquire all the parts and to you know do all that. So well, but the thing is, like people will spend that kind of time on something they really value the, that that they're really kind right. of building up and getting exact what they want. There are people that are you know redoing cars and they're looking for yeah. you know a carburetor for a fifty six whatever, right. and they're waiting forever. Until they one comes on and they can refactor, you know, clean it up or whatever. So that's right. this is no different in terms of like interest and hobbies. It's just a really it's it's a cool one because it, you also get to apply it to your day to day life when you're done. You can right, say, yeah. I made that and I'm enjoying my experience in the computer so much more because I know I've built my keyboard to the specifications. Or it'll drive you nuts and say, I really wish that key was over slightly to the yeah. left. <laughs> yeah, right. Or you might be like, oh, wow, I still have no idea what I'm what I'm doing out there. But uh, yeah. yeah, and I always say too, like. I don't like, I just think that what I, it's a, it's also kind of a com nice conversation thing, especially, you know, working with like all engineers and stuff, obviously people kind of take more, uh, more an interest and stuff in it. But like, even, even outside of that, I feel like, uh, I, I, you just get like a lot more questions about it whenever you talk about how you built it, you know, that's, it's something that like, it's something that almost everybody uses almost every day. And then, so I, I guess you kind of think when people are like, Oh, you build those. Like it kind of gets people's like minds going a little bit. It's like, how in the world do you even build that kind of stuff? And it's, you know, that's kind of the fun of it, I guess. I wonder, you know, if you're about a decade and a half younger, well, you're more than a decade and a half younger than me. So let's start there. But <laughs> you're, you're at least two, let's call it two decades. You're two decades uh, too young to really have been in the early PC builder phase, right? Yeah, um, right. Because in the early B PC builder phase, everyone, you know, we could, we could have gotten an, a Windows machine from Dell or whatever, a laptop that weighed nine pounds or a desktop before laptops were really good. But it was so much more satisfying to build the whole thing from the ground up. Because yeah. you could pick the case, pick the power supply, pick the drive you're going to use, pick right. the video you're going to use and all that. And you got really good at that over time. This is the same kind of thing. We're just, we just have less and less things we can really spend time on like that, that we can right. actually practically use because we have to tote our machines around. So no one's, no one's carrying around a tower machine. 
We all have laptops that are faster, but we have these really inferior keyboards on those laptops. So this is a really good thing to kind of talk through. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's actually kind of why it's a good point. That's kind of actually why I ended up liking some of the smaller keyboards was, uh, like the the plank ones that I have, I have, I have two of those. Like those fit perfectly into uh, a stethoscope carrying case, actually. Oh, how cool! Yeah, yeah. So like perfect thing to just like toss into my bag and, and mm-hmm. kind of take it wherever you know. And still have a good typing experience while you're in your work. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So so Jack, for people who are just getting started, you sent a bunch of links. We'll put those in the uh, comments on the YouTube video uh, for for when the live stream is rendered to YouTube, so people will get those there. And we had and you mentioned a few sites, um, so uh, keyboardco.com and geekhack.org and uh, wasdkeyboards.com. Yeah, that's that's uh, that was where I bought my first one. I'm trying to think of any other ones. Uh, yeah, that's like if you want to like get a good keyboard, but you don't want to yeah. build it. Uh, you know, I'll give a little shout out to uh, space spacecat.design. So this is spacecat.design. Uh, yeah, this is actually kind of a fun story. I needed like a really kind of specific PCB that I was looking for and after kind of, you know, doing my searches on the internet, I was pr- I was brought to uh, spacecat.design and then what was funny was whenever I actually ordered it, uh, it was like your printing label has been printed at the Plymouth meeting, uh, at the Plymouth meeting post office. And so You're like, yeah, it's which, nearby. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. And I live in Contra Hawkins, so like right mm-hmm. next door. And, uh, so then I immediately reached out and I was like, you know, Hey, like, are you in Plymouth meeting? And he like, instantly got back to me and was like, Oh yeah, I couldn't believe it. Whenever I saw like how close that order was. So but there's a ton of cool stuff on there. I'm trying to think of some other websites out there that you could look at drop.com. That's, that's, uh, yep. that's a big one. And they're kind of expanding their, uh, keyboard stuff. They have some really, really cool ones actually right now that you could build without any soldering. Uh, those are going to be like they're the ones that they themselves kind of make and produce. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Let me just like while we're 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 just finishing up here, but I want to just share this uh, for the for the video stream. Like this is what he's talking about with the caps and sets and things where you can look at the actual designs and yeah, uh, those things. Oh, yeah, cool. that was a lot of fun with this. <laughs> the biggest, the biggest, one of the big points I wanted to make was starting with a keycap set will help you. It, it'll just make your life easier because they're hard to, they're hard to make custom. And mm-hmm. it's really hard to get like to collect a matching set that you're going to be happy with from everywhere else. Uh, and actually sort of a whole nother side of this that I never even touched on is artisan keycaps. This is something that I'm personally not like super into, mm-hmm. uh, but there are people who make a, a ton of, artisan keycaps and i mean you can pay a ton of money for each keycap whenever you know you kind of get into that uh not that i like wouldn't buy or ever use them or anything it just hasn't really been the uh you know the main focus of it focus of mine yet right yeah right right cool well thanks so much for spending the hour with us to talk about this yeah 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 hope you got a few more people that we about this (laughs) exactly we get a few more people into it you know so, but that's great. And uh, yeah, really enjoyed talking to you today, Jack. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. And for everyone, we'll be back next week. Our next week focus is going to be on UX design. Uh, we're going to bring uh, uh, Michael Geis in, one of our cherry oh, consultants that I'm does kidding. UX stuff. <laughs> I'm kidding. I work, I work with Michael like all the time. He's it's like you again. Yeah. He's a good, a good friend of mine. So I had to. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're teasing him. So, but yeah, so he's going to get in to talk about UX. Like we had the 15 minutes with, we're going to spend more time with him on the, on the next show. So, and that's coming up. All right. And oh, one thing. It's 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern for the one or two people that are watching this live at the moment who haven't turned off because they don't want to build a keyboard or aren't interested in the stuff we're doing. We uh, are going to we'll go over to Apple, uh, personally I am, to see the new announcement for the new iPhone. So uh, just so you know, that's 1 p.m. Eastern. So by next week, we'll be able to talk about uh, anything that came out of the Apple announcement. So just a quick note on that, too. All right. Thank you again, Jack. Really appreciate awesome. it. Thanks, Ken. And thanks again to Becca Refford for producing. And I'm Ken Rimple. And enjoy your week.